for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Justin Tyson. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, guys, Chris, again, Duramax Tuner, Calibrated Power, been extremely busy. Uh, we couldn't really pull Chris off the phones to record today. But, hey, you guys have all heard Justin talk before. Justin, thanks for joining us again on the show. Yeah, no problem. And sorry, fans. I'm sure you'd rather hear Chris, but <laughs> so, as good as it so, I think that <laughs> a few of the Cummins fans out there will miss him. We know that. Um, guys, you know you downloaded the episode already. We're going to be talking about a topic that Justin and I have discussed at length. Justin, you've written blogs on it. We've, we've talked about it. Uh, and that's how much boost should my Duramax make? Before we get into that, we always kick off the show by talking a little bit about what's going on over at Calibrated Power, home of Duramax Tuner. Some exciting stuff, Justin. Uh, ASIN Cummins High Output, ASIN um, Cummins High Output to 2019-2020s, getting some updated tune files, really, really good stuff going on there. Great reviews. I was just reading a thread on Cummins Forum. Uh, guys loving that. The earlier ASIN Cummins, so the 13 to 18 stuff, those currently have test files available for, for uh, live customers with EasyLink to actually run switch on the fly tuning with them. So that's awesome. It, it's a niche update, but hey, if you're one of those guys who has a 13 to 18 Cummins with an ASIN and you've been waiting for switchable tuning, get on the EasyLink platform. We have it in customer testing right now. Uh, we expect that customer testing to go very well. So far, all the feedback has been extremely positive. Uh, once we get a few more things finalized, uh, we'll roll that out into the public, uh, and that'll just be a part of our, our standard offering. And then, Justin, you and I just worked on a video with Nick uh, about the L5P map sensor in a 2.8 liter. Think you can talk just a little bit about that video or, or that content? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're sitting in our office, Paul and I pretending to work, not just kidding, but uh, <laughs> Nick come, you know, he shot something. Nick said the 2.8, it doesn't get enough. It doesn't uh, register boost enough, high enough, kind of like the LV7. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, apparently, you know, <laughs> we saw one of the techs fooling around with under the hood and I was like, you know, what are they doing there? And essentially they're putting an L5P map sensor in a 2.8 so guys can get higher boost numbers registering on their gauge systems. Uh, Nick is gung-ho on it. It seems awesome. Paul and I, you know, of course, we get pulled into it, and we're like, what are we shooting? And then he tells us, and, you know, we write it out. Paul writes it out, and it's it's interesting, and it's awesome, and it's going to be good for guys that are looking to get more when they add, essentially, aftermarket turbos especially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah. So if you're a guy with a 2.8 liter and you've been chomping at the bit, or maybe you're running one of the, the turbos out there from somebody else, um, or a twin turbo setup, anything like that, or maybe you just really are obsessed with knowing your true boost at all times, uh, going to an L5P map sensor is going to take you from like 20s to 50s as far as peak boost that you're able to read with a factory ECU. You would need a tune update to scale that and read that out, but it's not hard to do. It is a direct drop-in. The only thing you got to do is, is a little bit of custom wiring. So you just got to connect the four wires correctly. Um, and we'll have a video out. The video will include pictures and, and a little bit of instructions on how to do that. Uh, so that's just some, some great content for, I think, for the LWN owners, just to kind of know uh, there's, like, you can go to GM and buy it. It's not a part that you have to come to us and buy. Uh, anybody could do it. So anybody with a set of wire cutters and connectors could put this together. It's very, very simple and very quick. Uh, even our mechanic 
kind of laughed. I had come down after hearing about this and said, hey, when you go to go to get this job done, let me know. We want to take some pictures. And he said, oh, well, I already did it. Nick told me to start 15 <laughs> minutes ago and I'm done. Um, yeah. So it, it was a very fast install. I think guys are, are really going to be able to appreciate this um, for a really affordable and really, really kind of low impact kind of project, right? For a DIY at home. Uh, just for sure, one, yeah. One of the other things I wanted to dive into talking about a kind of a no brainer upgrade for your truck is all the guys with an LML. And also this, this would also completely also apply to your uh, power strokes. Anybody running those CP4 high pressure fuel pumps, uh, the Exergy Performance System Saver Inlet Valve. I know a lot of times we refer to it as a fuel system saver. Uh, I just wanted to read the, the product copy. I think, I think they just described it really well, and I, wa I wanted to get this right. Um, the CP4 pump on the LML model is prone to failure if the fuel system has any water or contaminated fuel introduced to it. When the pump fails, it will send metal contaminants throughout the entire fuel system, which in most cases will ruin the injectors and other sensors and cost you several thousand dollars. The System Saver Inlet Valve was designed to offer you peace of mind in the event of a CP4 pump failure. The important difference between the OEM valve and the System Saver is the improvement made to the screen which is upstream of the valve inlet. The OEM screen is a single 80 micron layer and is very flimsy design. In extreme cases, the factory screen can actually tear, introducing massive amounts of debris from the failed pump to the injectors. The system saver valve screen. The system saver valve screen is rated at 25 microns and is wrapped in two layers. Guys, basically what this means is if the pump's going to fail, this is going to be the difference between it being a weekend project in the, in the garage and taking it to a shop for a complete fuel system teardown. It's, it's a no-brainer. They're 240 bucks. You can buy them from us uh, at Calibrated. You can buy them from almost any vendor out there. Just do it. It makes really, really well with a lift pump. So the lift pump is to protect filtration and separate out any water before it hits the CP3. And God forbid anything goes wrong with the CP3, your inlet valve protects the rest of your fuel system. So it, it's just smart performance mods, right? And they're not even performance mods, it's just smart reliability mods. And I think that's really what yeah. this comes down to. Um, For sure, definitely. So, so there, there's a little bit more. You guys can always check this out. There, there's a lot of cool stuff um, to know about this. And I think we've talked about it in depth before. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on the podcast page, which by the way, Thank you to everybody joining the group. Uh, if you're a newer listener, you've been thinking about joining the group, it is rapidly growing. Uh, I approve so many people every day. It's, it's, it's insane to me. Please come on in, post a picture of your truck. Let us know what you're into. Um, we're going to get some contests going on in the group here in the very near future. So you, you want to make sure you get in and you join today uh, so you can be a part of those. Uh, Justin, you, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about the WC Fab 2020 plus L5P Duramax three and a half inch turbo intake horn. Guys, I know that's a mouthful. It's an intake horn for your, for your 2020 plus L5Ps. That's a lot of words, right? It's a 3.5 inch turbo intake horn for the 2020 plus L5P Duramax with a factory style turbo. Improves airflow to turbo by removing restriction found in the factory horn right before the turbo inlet. 
Tuning is not required. This horn will, will, will work plug-and-play uh, plug tuners or OEM calibrations. It's, not, it's no tuning. You just bolt it on. It'll fit with OEM. It's, it's a really good product. I know they were telling us they sell those like crazy. Yeah. And it's one thing that you guys with these newer trucks, it's always good, you know, right? more air, better. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the stock intake horn is like better than what we used to look at for like an LLY intake horn, but it definitely left room for improvement. And, and the guys over at WC Fab, Jason and, and the rest of the crew took advantage of that opportunity and really put out a, a nice product. Also, you can get it powder coated so it looks just tits when you pop the hood. Uh, so it's a, it's a really nice piece. I think it's a, a, again, one of those obvious ones that's, that's affordable, that's easy to do. If you have one of these trucks, you should have it on there. Now, Justin, um, we had written a blog a long time ago, guys, if you haven't checked it out, you want to learn more about diesel performance, head on over to dieseltunersblog.com. Justin, myself, Nick Pregnance, we all write blogs and different articles about different topics. A lot of it just trying to share more educational content and teach people things. Uh, so when we put up God, years ago, what was literally called, same as today's show, how much boost should my Duramax make? And, and we used to get this question all the time. I'm sure the guys on the phone still do. Chris, I'm sure, would pipe up and say he gets this question almost every day. Um, so I wanted to give a chance for you to go ahead and read that blog, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Duramax engines have always come with solid turbos. However, after miles and miles of whistling and boosting, your turbo may have problems, or you may have other issues that make you think your turbo may have problems. This is very common as most drivers watch boost, keeping an eye on how much PSI they're making. It stands to reason that if your peak boost drops, your turbo has a problem. This is usually not the case though. More often than not, when we diagnose this symptom, we find there are other problems leading to a lower than expected boost number. Target boost numbers for the following RPOs in PSI, 2001 to 2004 LB7, stock 20 to 22 PSI, tuned 24 to 26 PSI, tuned with the PPE boost valve 28 to 31 PSI, failure will occur near 34 PSI, 2004 and a half to 2016 Duramaxes, stock 22 to 24 PSI, a mild tune 27 to 28 PSI, a hot tune, 33 to 35 PSI. The factory map sensor, which electronically measures boost on a 2001 to 2004 and a half truck, only reads to 22 to 24 PSI. The 2006 to 2016 map sensors read to 37 PSI. If you want to read boost numbers higher, you'll need to get an aftermarket gauge. A common cause of low boost is a boost leak. Boost leaks cause low power, slow spool up, unresponsive throttles, excessive black smoke, and high EGTs. This occurs when part of the charged air system develops a leak. The charged air system includes intercooler piping, intercooler, Y-bridge, etc. To boost test your Duramax, beware of simply completing a visual inspection. Many leaks happen in places you will not be able to see from a top view of the engine bay. Also, leaks can develop while in boots and will not show themselves unless under load, making it imperative that you pressurize the entire system. Another common problem is a failed or failing EGR. 
The exhaust gas recirculation system carries inert exhaust gas to the charged air system to lower combustion pressure in the engine. We routinely see EGRs stuck open, which bleed exhaust pressure from the turbine and cause low boosts and excessive black smoke. It's common for EGR gasket failures to cause boost leaks. Check out helpful resources like DuramaxForum.com or DieselPlace.com for enthusiast help. If you have a properly diagnosed truck and are sure you have no boost leaks and your EGR is not a factor, consider other possible issues impacting total boost. When the humidity rises, there is less air molecules to compress, same as when the ambient air temperature rises. The less air you can pull into the truck, the less boost you can make. This is the same issue for trucks in higher altitudes. All right, guys, so that was Justin Tyson reading through uh, How Much Boost Should My Duramax Make? That's an article from Diesel Tuner's blog, of course. It's short, it's sweet, it's straight to the point. I, I think it gives a lot of insightful information, and there's an option on there to actually be able to download the turbo spec. So I wanted to talk about some of those turbo specs, Justin, just because we still get guys asking these questions like, hey, I have an LB7, how much boost should my truck, how much boost should I be seeing? Yeah, for sure. Um, we get that all the time. Essentially, you know, like it said in there, it's just, it's one of those things where we get people, and it's always a question where I don't understand because half the time they'll ask me stock. We talk to so many people, right? So it's one of those things where it definitely varies as we just heard in the read. Um, the LB7 turbo specs, it's looking like 26 PSI to 30 PSI. Um, it's one of those things where the stock, like we said earlier when we were talking about this, it doesn't read up to that if you do not have the uh, aftermarket gauge systems that you need to read it, right? It's Absolutely one of those. Correct. Yeah, factory map sensor only reads up to, I believe, 24 PSI. Um, so, so that's where I think a lot of guys get caught up is they'll call in and say, hey, I'm not getting peak boost. You, you know, I should be getting 25 or 30 or wh whatever PSI they think. And we always have to ask, are, are you reading boost through your OBD2 port? Because if so, that's a translation from your map sensor and not going to be entirely accurate. Uh, yeah. So again, just like we talked about earlier with that 2.5 liter, um, I'm sorry, 2.8 liter Duramax uh, and upgrading to the L5P map sensor, the reason, it, th there's a couple of reasons, right? We're running a larger turbo. We now have more peak boost. We want to scale everything out to that peak boost, right? So, so it makes sense. We want to be able to see it and control it and watch our veins as we're starting to get up into those areas as we're controlling it. Now, an LB7 doesn't have veins. There really isn't a lot of tuning um, to say, okay, you're at 27 PSI, here's a change. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it is nice to know. We also get a ton of questions about stock measurements. Uh, I think a lot of people hear a Stealth 64 or a 68 mil drop in, and they're not really sure, well, how, how far off of stock am I? The stock compressor wheel is a, a 60.582. Uh, so that means at the smallest point in the front of the turbo, it measures 60.5 millimeters. And then at the back, at the largest part of a, a compressor wheel, measures 82 millimeters. Uh, and then the turbine wheels of 58.61, um, which, which is still a, a fairly, for its time, a fairly beefy turbine, um, turbine wheel. So the LLY, uh, the LBZ and the LMM, all of those trucks, we're going to see 30 to 37 PSI. One thing I noticed, Justin, is here we are in the 01 to 04 LB7s. Uh, we had a 60 millimeter compressor wheel. That's what we would call it, right? 
Well, then in, in 2004 and a half of the LLY, they jump up to basically a 63. It's like it measures 62.8. A lot of guys will tell you 62 and a half. We're splitting hairs at this point. Um, yeah. But that was the largest turbo ever run in a Duramax. What was that? 04 and a half, 05. So you pick up okay. almost, almost two, it's like two to three millimeters uh, getting into an LLY. So if you're running, excuse me, stock to stock turbo, sure, an LLY is better. You would never, it would never be worth your time to put an LLY on an LBZ, an LMM, and, and like it would never be worth your time to cross it over to another, to another truck. Um, it just not worthwhile. You're better off just buying a Stell 64 or, or something comparable um, to be able to get into a higher power range on one of those trucks. We get that question a lot. Uh, and then compare that to, so LB760, LLY63, uh, and LBZ, we go back to 60.5. A little bit yeah. bigger on the back, back wall of that compressor wheel. So we're, we're still mm -hmm. in that 30 to 37 PSI peak range, but we have a smaller inducer and a larger X, uh, or I'm sorry, in the same size exducer. Um, so it really, really kind of comes in there on that compressor wheel to, to a lot of other factors, I think, that go into that truck, right? Fuel system, the way the airflow comes through, things of that nature. Uh, sure. The turbines change. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the turbines change a little bit throughout the years as well. Once we get up into like an LMM, that's actually when we were running, well, at the time it was the smallest, uh, but it's, it's actually very comparable to an LML as far as measurements go. So, so they all mm -hmm. measure within two to three millimeters of each other um, across pretty much all ranges, except in, in the LMM, the turbine got really small. Went from like a 72 all the way down to a 66, uh, 63. So, so the turbine definitely changed over time. And emissions plays a large role into why they did things like that. But what we get is we get a lot of guys, like I said, just asking for how much boost should I be making? If I'm not making that boost, what should I do? And Justin, I think you know a little bit about troubleshooting. If I don't think I'm making peak boost, what's the first piece of advice you would give a listener? <laughs> a boost leak test. <laughs> uh, since day one, uh, that's been the thing. Uh, I feel like when, so when I first started here, you know, Paul was in sales and I essentially moved into customer support for a while. And it seemed like <laughs> almost every call back then uh, was, is he, do you have a boost leak? And it was, no, I don't. And then it was, well, you know what, just for clarity, let's, let's check. Um, we can't tell sometimes it's almost, it's like a ghost. You can't find it sometimes unless you actually do this. So, uh, I feel like out of 10 calls, I would take nine of them were boost leaks. <laughs> well, boost leaks come with some other symptoms, right? So, so a lot of times, like you said, people will call and say, well, no, I know it's not a boost leak. Um, well, how do you know it's not a boost leak? Well, because I'm getting 30 or 35 PSI, so I'm still making peak boost. It's like, well, actually, if you have a variable vein truck, the truck's going to adjust the veins and try to make up for that boost leak. So it's going to be running at a, a higher shaft speed to try to compress more air to make up for the loss that's in your system. So a lot of times guys will come in and say, no, I'm making peak boost, never knowing that they have a boost leak. So what, once... Once you have a variable vein and you're under boost, uh, we really got to start looking at the truck because it's probably a pretty dramatic boost leak. It probably also is going to come with like high EGTs, poor fuel mileage, 
excessive black smoke out of the tailpipe, or if you have an emissions equipped truck, maybe you're going through regen much more frequently. Um, things like that are all gonna be telltale signs that we have a boost leak somewhere within our charged air system. Sure. Uh, cool, man. So I think th this is a little bit shorter of an episode for you guys today, but I, I think we hit on some really cool topics. Uh, we were planning on running our draggy competition for the end of the month here. Unfortunately, our draggies are on back order. I cannot get any of them right now, so I didn't think it was fair to try to put the competition out there again. Uh, we do have some exciting guys joining us for next month. So September, game is on, guaranteed. We are having a draggy competition. Uh, I'll be getting details out right around that first, uh, first week of September so everybody knows what the classes are. I'm going to try to make it a little bit easier for you to submit your entries. I think we're just going to go to straight up just email me um, a screenshot, and we'll call it good. We'll, we'll run it from there. Uh, and make it really, really simple and really easy for everybody. So we're excited for that, guys. We'll make sure to get those details out. Of course, if you have some questions and you need them answered, uh, Justin, you can tell them how they can get a hold of us. Yeah, for sure. Give us a call, 815-568-7920. Uh, I don't know Chris's extension, but I like all the sales guys or something like that. There's, you can talk to them. Uh, we have you know, our website. We have a YouTube catalog that has customer service videos it has it has everything it's got you know it's got our ride-along videos check that out some of our questions could be answered if we're at, you're not there on the weekend but you know monday through friday nine to five central time give us a call or uh you know email email us it's pretty much our first names at duramaxtuner.com or uh chris's cm key let's see e h m k e at duramaxtuner.com and uh yeah we pride ourselves on uh, talking to you guys because Everyday diesel drivers are who we are, so give us a reach. I love it. Hey, great stuff there. Guys, also, if you're in the rabbit hole on turbos, you need a turbo upgrade, uh, I'll go ahead and throw in a shameless self-promotion for our Stealth Series turbos. Uh, you can reach out to us and ask us about those as well. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Justin Tyson. Thanks for listening. Throw it back to the boys. <laughs>